we are now on the air. So I have to do something uh, to start the show officially. Well, welcome everyone to Live from the Dutch Hall. This is a very, very special show. Where's the camera? Right here. We're, we're, uh, we have a very, very special show for you tonight. We're starting pretty much on time, which is great. Uh, unfortunately, the long-anticipated return of Paul the bartender, which was scheduled for this evening, has been uh, has to be postponed to a later event. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> but what we do have is one of the great... The great supporters of Live from the Dutch Hall history, Derek the Beaver Van Hooten is in the house. Yeah. I'm two-time. Two-time. Pre- President's Club Award winner Pete Van Dyke. And we have a great, great unveiling. You can see behind, underneath this curtain that lies behind me, is the greatest invention in the Dutch Hall history. It's special. It is so special. I think it's going to change the show forever. I can't wait to show it to you. But there's only one way to get this thing started. You know what that is, Beaver. Yeah, it's the good old theme song. Hit it. Ah. There it is. Not bad. It was a little late. Yes, the welcome everybody to everybody. Welcome everybody to live <laughs> in the Dutch Hall. Uh, I'm your host Pete Van Dyke. We're back here in the uh, pool shed. We're the greatest podcast ever to come out of a pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario. Bar none. Bar none. And thank you to the Nocturnal Emissions for the wonderful theme song. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Yeah, you know, give it the Nocturnal Emissions. Yeah, there, there it is, right on. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Good start. All right, cut it, guys. Come on. Um, so one of the things that, uh, uh, we are, we should address right off the hop is that we are, uh, breaking the law, I suppose. Yeah. We're heavily breaking the law. I think so, but I don't know because technically Beaver, my kids set me straight on this. I was, I was struggling because Kevin Van Dungeon, he's usually here. He's behind the board. He's been a stalwart in in season eight. Yeah. I think he's been here every week. He's been a staple. A staple. That's a great word. Yeah. Man, oh man, I always get burpy right at yeah, the end of the show. Bit. It, it gets out of you, though. And it's the cheese plate. Or I the, think so. The meat tray. <laughs> the good old salami's catching you. <laughs> well, we got, uh, anyways, we um, we had, uh, um, what was I saying? Good old Kev. Kev couldn't come because he is uh, he has strict, a real job. He's under strict orders yeah, the, to well, comply. We got an Amber Alert saying it's a stay-at-home yeah. order and you got to do it. And uh, I, so I, I don't want to break any health rules. I really don't. Uh, you know, I understand the people working in hospitals and if they get overwhelmed and all that stuff, I understand all that stuff. But what I, uh, but I'm, I'm also um, like what they call like uh, pandemic fatigue. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's not, a- not to say we are currently abiding by COVID standard. We are, we've got a nice safe distance. Yeah. You know. I would say that currently I would, over the last three months, I could count myself kind of in your bubble. 
Well, yeah, like uh, a uh, weekly one. <laughs> yeah, like I'd see you uh, about once a week. I see no people. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that sets my mind at ease is that I see no people. And I even when I do see them, there's usually a distance between me and the people. There's no, I'm, not, I'm not licking anybody. I stopped that a oh, year you, ago. You still, you're, like you said, the fatigue is there, but you're still being as safe as you can, abiding by rules. But yeah, we're probably not supposed to be here right now. <laughs> no. Well, this is what this is what my kid told me. As per Mr. Ford. Because one of the essential services is entertainment. I mean, it, it, we have to entertain these people while they're at home. Right. Right? So, like, this is, we're kind of doing essential service here, Beaver. Yeah. That's kind of where I look at look at it. And then my daughter said. All around the world. Uh, Health care is allowed to happen, too. And she says, you know, you provide a mental health service to people. She says, and I know one of those people is me, because if I don't do the show, then I have nothing to do. Then I uh, go crazy because I don't see any people at all. Well, I was going to say, Pete, this is kind of like personal therapy for myself, I find. Yeah, because you get busy with your life. You know every, you know what you got to do to live your life. and then, But after every once in a while, it's nice to like just have interaction, uh, have conversation. A, have a nice unwind. Yeah, just a nice unwind. Yeah, exactly. Catch up with an old friend. And you Why do not? it safely. You're not, uh, you know, we're not, uh, you, you know, and in, even if we did both give each other COVID tonight, we're going to spread it to like nobody, no, like a couple people, like maybe our wives. My wife's vaccinated. I couldn't even spread it to her. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of done with it. I kind of want to, I kind of weigh the mental health benefit of, of like, cooping myself up anymore or it's worse versus just getting the antibodies by getting sick right you know like i'm i'm almost like oh just give it to me i'm willing to take my chances just to get the antibodies and i think if we did a a a poll of uh the 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 county i think everybody kind of be not kind of everybody would be in the same boat yeah you think so? I think so. I, I, Especially I, in places where, you know, it's been pretty under control. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. There's there's those certain, uh, you, you got to, uh, when the, the conversation arises, which it does every day on an hourly basis to people over the phone, you got to take it in, take it in strides because certain people are very sensitive to it. Nothing against that. That is, no, no. Yeah, uh, personal opinion is always, uh, I always, you know, welcome personal opinion. But. Yeah, yeah, you got to. You, that's how you got to talk now. Right. You want to know why? Because everybody goes, like, because you don't know who you're dealing with ever when you're talking. And there's some people who are, like, on the Internet all the time. And if and they're just taking whatever message that they heard and they're hearing it repeated over and over again. You know, whatever side you're on, you know. Like, right. if, if you're on this whole thing is a hoax or, or you're on, you know, listen to the to what the people uh, are saying, people are saying yeah. and and do exactly what the officials are telling you because these are the people you sh- you have to trust and whatever side you're on on that if you're inundating yourself with that side over and over and over again and you get crazy about it you know and then you meet up with a person who's just kind of like I'm just trying to you know like make adjustments be safe like uh you know minimize my risk right which is where I think me and you are yeah like I do I'm it's like uh me and you both, I think, are under the uh, under the facts that there is something wrong in the world. We both know it. Yeah, people are are people are getting very sick, and certain people are dying from it. 
but uh, I'm in no doubt of that. But uh, some of these some of these scenarios, like a lot, there's a lot of people out there that just want to hear bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and and, and no matter what, eventually they get to the, they're going to get to the point. The public health officials, right? Because they were kind of wrong at the beginning. Right. Like they were kind of downplaying it a bit, and then all of a sudden uh, they realize, oh shit. Like it's this is a real Real deal, real deal. And then and then they now there's they got to be like air on the side of caution no matter what. Like so um, they'll they'll come a time. It's probably not. It's not now. Right. (laughs) But like in the future where they're still going to be playing the safe game and it's no longer time to do that. Oh, yeah. Society is going to have a hard time transitioning back to any kind of normal. I mean, I look at what this, what's happening in the states right now, and there's a lot of places that seem like they're because of the vaccine rollout that they they have. Oh yeah, there's beaches in places in the states that are like full tilt party mode. And I think anyone any adult in the states can get a vaccine. Right. Like right? I'm pretty sure if we went to spring break in the states right now, or like Mardi Gras, or like what else is there? You know, any of the southern states, certain southern states. You could have a you could go to a good party right about now, whereas here, yeah, it's like ghost town. Well, even for stand up comedy, like I mean, there we're locked down for another month. I I was supposed to do a show in Oshawa, and it was finally like a headlining gig, a paid show, paid show that I get to do, and uh, it's not going to happen. Kibosh, because of this, and and this was like still playing to like a room that they only allowed. I think 30 people in or something like, well, and Pete, you guys have been patient, man. You guys have weathered storm after storm after storm. You, you know, you get your hopes up. You, first, you're defeated time after time with these cancellations and, you know, appeasing new rules. So you got to, you know, it, it's hard. It's a, hard. A comedy, a comic. All they care about is, is getting people's opinion and hearing applause or hearing audiences that's the that's the part of the game, and they've ne- it's now permanently almost been wiped away from them. Well, I uh, yeah, like the during this pandemic, I've had tons of time to think. You know, you could probably put one hell of a show on right now. And right? I, yeah, well, I've I've written so much stuff. Like I mean, I started writing material, at, and then uh, finally found a room that I could actually work it. You know, right? It was just an open mic room, but mm-hmm. I could go once a week, and I could develop. I got it was two weeks in and like then this happens, you know, and then you're and you're just like getting excited about, you know, like really getting the stuff, seeing if it works. Right. You know, like even if you're just playing to like a small like a room of other comics, at least you're hearing yourself say it out loud. You can hear the parts that pop and stuff. Yeah, that, you know, and you get that buzz, which is what you guys, you know, you're always, you know, aching for is that buzz of the of the room. Yeah, because the 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 pay uh, the words on the page, you know. Uh, they can they'll always uh you can always put a laugh track in it in your head right it'll always make sense in your head yeah yeah but it's in real life when that laugh track when it really when it really misses and you're like okay that that's a stinker well and i i was told once too by a comic and or i watched on show on a show and he he was right he's like my material isn't really a good read if you put my stuff in the paper word for word, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be a good read. No, no, no. You kind of need the chuckle and the the hype and the the voice to make it real. Yeah, like uh, you, yeah, you have to understand the context. You know, the facial right. expressions, the 
the t- the what what context is it set in? Right. It's no different than an athlete who needs an audience to kind of pump his game up. Sarcasm doesn't read very well. You no, know? exactly. Yeah, you know, it's it is yeah. That's that's true of almost any anything. You know, right. This podcast, if you had the transcript of this podcast, oh, yeah. I think there is. <laughs> like you can get subtitles and stuff. Oh, really? Transcripts, yeah. That's on cool. YouTube. And it's like, uh, I imagine it would be horrible. Well, there'd be a lot of bracketry. Like <laughs> yeah. there, You know how on, on subtitled shows, there's a lot of brackets? This person do it. Like, yeah, yeah. There'd be a lot of brackets of of interpretation because... This is that's all. Everything's how you interpret it here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think sometimes we use uh, words that aren't real. Right. Oh yeah, I bet for sure. <laughs> so I wonder if they come up. Norf- there's Norfolk County words, a lot of them around here, er, in this place. Yeah, and some stuff we say is just complete horseshit. Too. Yeah, which is okay. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna to give a shout out to uh, uh, Dan Brennan. Okay. Uh, Dan Brennan has a podcast that he had me uh, on today. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be coming out, but I'll keep you uh, abreast of it. It's called the What Would You Do podcast. I think he's going to be putting it out on YouTube, actually. But uh, stay tuned for that. And I, w- I did an episode of that where he gives you a scenario of what happens on. Uh, it's like he wants to give comics a shortcut to uh, so they don't have to learn the hard lessons that we have to by going out every night and getting our ass kicked. Yeah, he gives you a little play on storyline. So he thinks if he gives me tells me like uh, what gives me a scenario and, and has me a guy that's done a few sets tells uh tells the young comics what he would do mm-hmm. oh, i'm gonna do my button there oh, that's nice that's a whole nother show beef i just under my top <laughs> i just under my top button oh that feels the good. cheese and crackers are getting to you oh yeah i think i just just got to relax just a whole a new sudden, person there eh? one right on. one little uh, belt loop Eh? Just all it takes. It. That's all it takes. Made my life a lot different. Oh. You gotta do that after supper sometimes. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh So yeah, so uh good old Dano here, he was setting the scene for you. Yeah, he says that so he sets a scene and he tells you something that happens on stage and you have to react to it. In my case, uh it was uh I don't know if I should give it away, but uh, no I will. I'll say it's like a, a cow I'm doing a, a show and a, a cow comes into the into the building really yeah that's a that's a synopsis a brief synopsis that's a that's a heavy hitter right there a cow yeah and then i uh, then i tell the young comics what you got to do in order to deal with a cow in the audience really especially a belligerent cow you know like most cows are terrible audience members you know they don't get most no they're dry they're stupid yeah yeah they're dumb you know if i was like this i know a cow's dumb a cow's huge right yeah and they're the easiest thing to control. You just tell them what to do, right? Tell them what to do. They're smack them around. Yeah, you just smack them around. They're easy, you yeah. know? Like, even a horse, they're hard to control, aren't they? Yeah. I think there's going to be a, a horse, a real di- a real farmer, like a cattle guy, maybe call or, like, hear this and be mad at me, saying you don't know anything what you're talking about. No, I, I rode a horse one time at a buddy's place. Like, not like the horse farm where they all line up in a row and they're like, you know they're like dead to the world. They look, they they walk like they've been drugged. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But my buddy's place jumped on the horse, thinking I knew what I was gonna do. I can do it. And uh, my buddy's like, "Man, you got to tell." No, that. no instruction. Minor instruction. The yeah. main instruction was: is you better tell that horse what to do, because otherwise he will do what he wants. Oh, yeah. And don't tighten your legs. Like you know, your instinct when you're sitting on a horse yeah, is yeah. grip the thing. Yeah. Well, grip it means take off. 
Oh. So, like, you know when it starts galloping and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And you just tighten yeah. up. Well, you can't. Oh, well, as far as this horse was was, uh, was walking, you weren't supposed to do that because it just fucking take off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a little nerve wracking because you got to sit on there. Loose, it's on right? a on a with a saddle on it. Yeah, on a saddle with a horn. What do you mean with I a like horn? Like to have the thing on the front. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's just your instinct is is to tighten your feet up, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, my buddy's like, don't do that. And I like, I I kept on having to grab the reins. Well, like you're a you're a, a ex equestrian, so. <laughs> I like to do the. I was in the walk and jog categories, <laughs> and uh, so you had to be in control. Yeah, yeah. I knew I had to like make it jog, make it walk and jog and go in reverse. I can make it go in reverse. Oh, really? Yeah. But then there was another thing. So this is how it worked. I was a kid, right? So I was yeah. only like twelve or something. So uh, there was like a, a, you would uh, do walk and jog. So you have to do walk, jog, and get to go back up at the end. The judge would come over and say, back it up. So, like, ten steps back kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Five steps, maybe, only. And you, you have five, ten, you just... It just showed that, that you... You know how to control, control the horse, yeah. yeah. And get it to stop and stuff. That's important to get it to stop. Yeah. And um, then uh, the next step up was uh, you go to lope. You add in a lope. What's that? Which is, uh, it's kind of like a gallop. Okay, but uh, uh, we had paint horses or whatever, and then and they would lope, so it was like a kind of a a blip blip okay that kind of thing. Yeah, like it was like an up and down kind of like a like a skip kind of yeah. Uh, but it was it was kind of like a run, but like a prancy run. Okay, and uh, anyways, that scared the shit out of me. That I drew the line at that. I said no, no loping for me. No loping anymore. Though if I was uh, we, I would do barrels. Like to do barrels, you know? Yeah, that's not easy, is it? Uh, no, um, I wasn't good at it, and I did. Well, you like I only did the. I, I think I might have told the story. I'll tell it again because I'm gonna lead right into it anyways. Because the, when I, I was 12 years old, okay, so the there was this thing called. So you, you're a you're not you're still, you're not a young man yet. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm like in that weird awkward yeah yeah awkward phase. I'm just going through puberty. You the know, the voice is high and low. Yeah, I'm just like a. Peach Fly's mustache, you know, like stretch, just starting to stretch out, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm like, it's a 12 and under category, 12 and under. So you're like a veteran in this category. So the way my dad looked at it, I'm going to clean up this, in this event. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no question. Peach Your dad's all pumped. Yeah. He's like, uh, there's no reason you can't win this. Right. It's like, and it's lead line barrel. So you got to go, you, my dad's holding the horse, got a bra, got a, like, in addition to his bridle, he's got like a what? He, or he's got the a main, lead line on the him. main kind of, or yeah, or uh, yeah, he's got like a harness on there, like, okay, so yeah. that it, the the father can uh, or the mother can lead the horse around, and the kid just sits on top of the horse and rides it basically, and the oh, dad okay. dad runs around the barrels with the. Oh really? So you guide your dad on a nice run, eh? Yeah, and like he's saying, like all you gotta do is hang on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like boot it. <laughs> and we're, and I'm, we're, I'm literally competing against like the littlest kids. Like it, right. this is the first events that you would put your children in. So these are like, you know, you got five year olds, you got like eight year olds, all the ages like up to twelve. But your old man's like, I'm gonna rip this horse through this course. Right, you're gonna like uh, dominate. Right. Yeah. We did the whole circuit, right? Yeah. And we, like, went around to different horse shows, and I would just clean up. Like, it was... Uh, so your dad had to be in some good shape to do this, yanking the horse around. 
Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I, that's the part of the story that when I tell it, I don't even know if it's real. <laughs> because I'm not. I can't, we can't see your dad. I can't remember him running. Like I only remember him running once when he was getting stung by bees. Oh, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't picture you. I can picture your dad being real pumped about it, but I can't see him yanking you and the horse around. Not to mention, it wasn't just me. It was me and my sister because my, my younger sister, Lisa, who's five years younger than me. So you had to do, he had to do two rounds of this. He would do two rounds of it. Like he was, he was, and then I. So who is had to go second? Because he's probably gassed by the second time, right? Well, I think that it was set up that I would go first, and then because he's like, ah, Pete's gonna win. Pete's gonna win, right? Because he knew that like he would take it easy a little bit for Lisa. Yeah, I'll, she was, I'll throw Lisa on the podium, but she's younger, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, but I remember the one time because Lisa had no fear, eh? That's the thing. Lisa had no fear. Oh. I I was scared to death, <laughs> and she was just like, "Rip, let's go, let's go." So in, in the very last event of the year, um, she ended up getting first place, and uh, and I got second, eh? Oh, really? And I remember, like, in the like podium lineup, you know, where she's on the top podium, and I'm sitting on the second one. And yeah, I'm, I'm still way above her because I'm way tall. You oh, know? you're about same. Oh, really? Yeah, because like I'm. And then even at the end of the year banquet, you know, I won the overall championship, but I'm like a like a foot and a half taller than the second place, <laughs> which was, the second place I think was my sister. Oh, know? really? It's like this was not like a like a happy moment. Like, mm-hmm. don't take any pictures. Like, uh, this is a a jaded victory. It was like a hidden like just give it to me and let me walk away. It was like taking karate and like uh, beating up children because you both have white belts, right? You know, like it was what it kind of felt like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It was awful. Like I'm competing against like little little tiny kids. But you see, you know what's funny is is in this scenario what you're talking about is what growing up I was always that the little kid. Oh yeah, but I was always the I was always the one that was like at the end of the line. You got you got. Uh, you you couldn't lose though, no. The little guy, right? no, because you were always you were last before you were to start. You yeah, were like, always considered last before the situation started. There was no expectations. No. So no. then everything you did was like wow, you know. Like they talked about discriminating these days. Like yeah. when I was a kid, every year of my life we used to line up at school, tallest to shortest. Oh, really? Like, you're talking discriminating. Like, I was just like, all right, I'll just go to the back of the line. <laughs> and you know what was lucky? Is, is I always had this one kid in my class that was, I was always second last. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He was like, but a half inch shorter than me. I made sure he knew. Like, uh, you're fucking going last. <laughs> <laughs> small victories, eh? Oh, yeah. Small victories. Yeah, but you know what? I have a theory about you, Beaver. My theory about you is that because normally, sm- normally little guys got like that little guy energy, like where it's like kind of like uh, where they're kind of like uh, overcompensating, yeah, and they're kind of like uh, acting like a big shot, but they're but the you know just to compensate for it. But you don't have that, like you don't you don't really have. No, that. I was kind of always uh, I was kind of pretty humble about it. Like, uh, see, what I would always do is is I would play my own. I would play like I, I I'd maneuver through situations the way people wouldn't even expect it. Like, you know, like those scenarios of, you know, growing up when you're when you're on a sports team and like, you know, that initiation day for the rookies. Yeah. Well, I even I kind of whittled my way into like I was a rookie one year or many years and I would be initiating the rookies as a rookie as a rookie. You uh, you're you're a. Uh uh, I would wily or something. Well, I would, I, something. yeah, I'd finagle my way in, and you know, like hockey, you know, you make the, 
uh, your stealth, eh? Yeah, I would just and I wasn't. I would just kind of just kind of sneak in, and the next thing you know, at at the end of the day, I'd be like, "Holy, that kind of sucked, eh?" And meanwhile, I didn't ever. I never got initiated. That's kind of how it was at my one job, where the, our head office was in Regina, right? Yeah. And I worked there for like fifteen years, and they kept saying they're going to send me to Regina, and I kept saying I'm not going there. And then uh, they go, what do you mean? You ha-? They kept saying, you have to go. Like, they go, uh, like every- every, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you get hired here, they send you there. I go, not when they hired me. Like, <laughs> you just kind of set your own precedence. I think I was, they were switching CEOs or something. Like, the new CEO. So you did have a touch of luck. The same day as me, so I didn't have to go. <laughs> so then uh, they kept saying, well, we'll find a reason for you to go. We'll find a reason for you to go. And then uh, I kept saying, uh, people have been saying it for years. It became a, a taunt for me. I would do it to them on purpose, like to taunt them, like to say, you just fuck with them. Be like, you'll oh, never you'd... send me and I'll never go. You know, that's what I'd say. Stuff you'd like, be that. like, watch me. I'll never go. Yeah. It, made, it became a sticking point for me. That's and, awesome. And I never did. Who would want to go to Regina? I don't think anyone goes on purpose. No, I can't see there be any reason to go to Regina at all. We have like one or two listeners in Saskatchewan from time to time, but I don't think there are regular, regular listeners in there. So I, I think I can feel free to say Saskatchewan. I have no ambition ever to go there ever in my life. Like, I've never talked to somebody that was like, I want to go to Saskatchewan. Everybody's like, I want to go through Saskatchewan to get to Alberta or to get to Vancouver. Yeah. And they just say it was like flat and it was like, it took, but you know, the city, maybe the city of Regina has got something going on. Or oh, maybe. I've never, I've never been out that way. My wife's been all out west. She said it's fucking awesome. She likes it out there? She loves it out there. I, I've been. Thank God she didn't stay there. I wouldn't have met her, but. The only two provinces in Canada I haven't visited have been uh, Saskatchewan. So I'm talking ignorantly out my ass about yeah. Saskatchewan. And oh, I, yeah, me too. I have no idea. And I've never been to uh, Alberta except for the airport. Okay. I, I've just been to Calgary Airport, but I've never left the airport in Alberta. But there, every other province I've been to, and then none of the territories yet. No? No. But uh, I can't see a reason to go there either. Oh, man, I'd love to go. Uh, I'd like to go everywhere, if I, especially if I could do shows. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. That could be cool. But I, all the northern territories really are interesting to go to for me. To like you to, would go to Nunavut? Yeah. Really? I would love to. That'd be great. Those audiences would be the best, too, because they'd be so appreciative of going up. You're right. Someone that took a, You're right. Took a trip They're up just there. happy to live, I think. I would love to do that stuff, man. Yeah. I, the one thing, when this is all said and done, when this is all over with, this bullshit, mm. I'm, uh, I'm going everywhere. Like everywhere I can, you know, and I know why you're you're hot on that topic because you never know when that. Well, we know now that we can't right now, and if we can at one point, it might be fucking taken away from us again. Yeah, you don't know. You yeah. don't know what the future brings. Like when yeah. I get when you get an opportunity to do something, do it. You know, like, I do appreciate every day more now than I did before. Uh, yeah, you think so? Yeah, uh, oh. I may have probably took it for granted a little bit, oh. being able to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Because now we just can't. And even if you force it, the experience is not the same as it was. That's what I said to Dan Brennan today when I was talking to him. I said, uh, um, I think we're in for like a great renaissance. Like when this is all over and people are allowed to start going to events and stuff again. Yeah. It's going to be unbelievable. The demand's going to be um, through the roof for those type of things. Oh, yeah. And, I think so. And I think that... Uh, that the amount of people who have these things that they've been writing, the songs that they've been writing, like uh, 
all the comics that are writing jokes, like all the, all the performers that are just been aching to perform and stuff like that. The, the stuff that's going to come out of this is going to be like some of the best art in the history of the world. Right. Like, and the, I think the appetite for it of the general public is going to be huge, huge, huge. Like there will be no like heckling, I think, in comedy will disappear because the appreciation to just be there should it uh, should be. Yeah. But there's always going to be people that don't get it. Yeah. There's always haters. There, be, there's people that honestly believe with all their you can't convince them otherwise. I have actually one of these people in my family. Uh, and they they believe that the heckling is part of the show, and and they're they feel like they're appreciated for bringing that. Really? Yeah. Wow. And that there's a disorder. Perspective. There's a disorder <laughs> that that is that that is. I just don't know what it's called or anything like that. But I can I can see it with the. <laughs> I had no idea I had one of them in my family until I saw the person do it. And yeah. then when I saw, I was just like, I'm, I couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah. And then I tried talking to them, you know, just to say, you know, what the heck, you know? Yeah. And they go, uh, they were like uh, bragging about all the times they've done it at all the shows they've gone really? to. Really? Yeah. They went right up on stage. Like, they were like grabbing the comics mic and stuff. Like, they really thought it was about them. And you're like, that whoa. Is, that is literally the point right there. Yeah. They think it's literally about them because, fuck, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, yeah, I just have, but I have so much appreciation for the for the industry. Yeah, yeah, so, it's nice. If it, that's what's nice about doing when you do a club, and people are, and you go generally when you're performing at a club, the people went there to see comedy, and you're getting, you know, it's it's the one percenters. Also, if you're usually if it's a paid show and you buy a ticket, right? Like, the people generally, it's the dates. If the one about the, the bring alongs, you know, yeah. Like, the ones the that are forced. Like, yeah, I'm sure I'll go, and then they don't even, never even think about comedy and stuff. Or I'll try it. I've, I've never done it before, so I'll try it's it. A weird, it's a weird thing, though. Like, no other job do people feel comfortable telling you, like, to your, like, like yelling it at you that they don't like the job you're doing. Yeah, and, for, and have no <laughs> problems or remorse about it. And they get angry if you're not doing one of the hardest things there is to do. Oh, Pete, you, you, you've <laughs> probably ruined many people's day, and it doesn't make sense how that's even possible. Oh, man, I would see people at free shows <laughs> critique the the, the work, you know, the, the stuff I'm doing. And I'm like, what the fuck do you expect? Yeah. You I pay- came all the way out here to watch a free show, and I want it done my way. It's <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I had, we had one guy. He was like that. He was like, you guys aren't even telling jokes. I don't know what you're doing, but they're not jokes. That's not how jokes are told. Like, these aren't jokes. So then the 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 host said, "Come on up, buddy. Like, go ahead. You have your time. Tell us jokes." Oh, really? Yeah. And Call him out. That's good. I like that style. And he went up and he, did, to guy's credit, he went up and he told his really his jokes. He t- told street jokes. They're just like you know, typical old street jokes. You know, like um, what? Why the fucking chicken cross the road or what? Kind of like that sort of thing. Like you know, just like a guy walks into a bar and the bartender says, it "Sounds this. like this guy was high on the horse, though." Yeah, well, the crowd was a bunch of comics who are not generally that impressed by those sorts of jokes. Right. So then when uh, he did a set and got crickets to every one of these things. Oh, shit. He started to lose confidence in his next one that he had to tell. But, again, to his credit, he told he it. He still told it. But at the end of it all, he he said... 
that wasn't what I ex- that was harder than I expected is what he said. Really? And he goes, I just thought you guys would all laugh at that stuff, but he he would have to be awesome for us to laugh at him because right. he had already been such a dick. Right. So he had the staple of I'm an asshole and you're going to listen to what I got to say. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Jokes are the jokes are the most important thing, but But still, I guess it's like not the only thing. The 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 comedy industry, I give so much credit to because it ain't, it's something you can be great at any time of the year until that mic's in front of you. Man, it, it takes confidence uh, like unbeknownst to anybody. Yeah, the craziest part about it is that uh, you don't feel confident ever. And, or I guess so. Like beforehand, you don't feel confident really. Like I don't at least. And then uh, on stage, I feel completely comfortable. Like I don't feel at all. like You're before, in the zone, yeah. Beforehand, I'm nervous. But while I'm on stage, it's like, it's it's calm and then uh when you get off then it's kind of like you're kind of like occupied kind of dissecting it do you prefer that that bright light in your face when you're up there or do you prefer like to be able to see people no i like to see the people you like to see people yeah i think it's a disadvantage to not see them because you always see those the odd comic who like he'll say something in the to the audience and he'll be like I'm staring at a fucking bright light. I can't see you. And they're like 10 feet in front of them, right? But yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of clubs like that. And I would always stand in front of the light so that I could see the people. Like, I would, like, dodge the spotlight. Oh, okay, yeah. And that was, like... Change a, your angle, kind of. Apparently, that was a real rookie move, I was told. Really? Like, you're supposed to... Yeah, like, the light's there so that everyone can see you. If you go so that you can see the people, they can't see you. And I can see that in your in your performances. The odd, I, I'm guessing it's when you do the odd... The odd lean forward, I've noticed you when you're doing this. Well, stand. like if I wanted to do crowd work, I would just duck underneath the light so I could yeah. see the people. Because then, because uh, I like to talk to the people a lot. Because you can tell a joke. Uh, I don't know if I. I don't know how. To say, you you can tell a joke that's like, uh, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a joke you've told a hundred times. It's you know how every piece of it goes. Uh, and you can just start it and tell it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or you could, like, um, know that it's about, like, um, um, being married, and then you just, like, see a married couple, and then you start talking to a married couple and lead into the joke. Yeah, you're looking for a reaction. And then it kind of seems like it's not a written joke, but it's it's just, conver- it's, it became conversational. Yeah. And then you get, like, even if people do end up eventually realizing that it's a rehearsed bit that you let into... They still um, um, give it more credit because it seems more confrontational rather than performance. You know? Right. Because if it seems at all made up on the spot, people go apeshit for it. Right. Because then it doesn't that the word script is out of their head. Yeah, I did last time I did a show at uh, Showtime in St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. Um, I, re- I realized that that uh, if you didn't start a joke by doing the crowd work to lead into it. The crowd hated your joke. Oh, really? Yeah, they wanted only crowd work. They only wanted crowd work. They didn't want any any. That's bits. probably tough to pick on right away. Pick up on right away too. It could have just been that crowd. Yeah, you know? or your inter- or your interpretation of that crowd. Or and the host is really good at uh, crowd work, and so they he started off the show with really good crowd work, and then I think they they got an expectation of it. It you know? stuck on them. Yeah. Oh, cool. They're like, I like that better than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So then, do more of what that other guy did. Cool. That was kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. So I blame it on Moses because he was too good that night. <laughs> too, good, too good a host. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Anyways, um, I have to get to a segment 
that we call a feedback. Feedback. We, we got feedback. We got feedback. Welcome to uh, Feedback. We got feedback. Uh, this week's episode is uh, brought to you, uh, as always, by our friends at Amazon. They're not really our friends. They're just someone we signed up for to get a link so that if you go to our website and then click on our Amazon banner and do your regular Amazon purchases, uh, we get a little bit of that money. And uh, once in a while, they give us a check. Maybe a few times a year, we get like a check, you know, and that's nice because we can buy some shit. And, uh... Did you still got that first bill you ever got from them? My, uh... I remember you had... Uh, you remember, I remember you had it framed. The, yeah, I think it... I don't know where it is anymore. No, I probably don't. It's, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's behind one of these panels somewhere. You know, like, there's a, there's a bunch of Easter eggs that I've just pushed it over top of over the years. But, uh, I do not remember. I know I still... At w- somewhere I have the first 10 I ever made. I was in, gonna say, I remember seeing the $10 bill. Yeah, that first 10 I ever made in co- telling jokes. The first that was really cool. That first day I got paid at that ten bucks for telling jokes. It was yeah, like that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I was like, uh, that felt that was the best ten bucks ever made. Like I was just real proud going well, with the fact, ten bucks. The fact that too that you 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 kept it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, because it's it's like uh, I know how that's a that's a well earned ten. You oh. know, like I knew the amount of work that I did to get that first ten. Right. You know? And it's like that was like the least I got paid per hour in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but when there's that first time where there's value for what you've done, yeah. Well, that's a, that's the goal, and it's like yeah. it's an impossible goal because you're asking someone to pay you for something that you people do all the time for free anyway. You know? Right? Like just talk and make a person laugh. Like uh, everybody does that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So like. Uh, it is kind of a crazy thing to think you can try to do. So it was really, yeah. uh, I love that 10. I got to find it, though. Maybe it's at the old, uh, at, my, at the church. So anyways, uh, we have to get into uh, a feedback. We got feedback. Um, we, what, what are the old listeners saying? Oh, well, I remember we talked about uh, Emil uh, Van Steek, you know, from Australia, yeah. our Australian listener. Yeah. And uh, Emil, oh, by the way, Charters, uh, we try to get Charters on the call because of, for the big unveiling. I yeah. thought because he's a big fan of the show and I, uh, he's a big part of the show, I should yeah, say. Throw him a bone. Really yeah. important. I thought maybe you'd like to see this. But he said he passed and he said another time. But I will make sure to show him the link of uh, this. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. Let's go back to um, Emil or Emil. I don't know which one it is. I, I forget all the time. The Aussie version. Yeah, I'm probably saying it wrong no matter how I'm supposed to say it. But anyways, uh, I got a message from him because we were going on. I don't remember which show it was, but it's probably the last one. We started going on a little bit of rant. I said, why don't all the listeners in Australia, um, there's only like four of them or something, maybe eight. I don't know. But it's like for the size of the country, it's like a special group. you know? Right. And then... Uh, then we started just shooting the shit, you know, like just talking. And then I don't know <laughs> exactly what what was said because I don't listen back all the time. Right. And then uh, he sent me this message and he goes, not sure how it got to us hosting an Aussie Dutch Hall orgy <laughs> with the crew in yellow coats. 
And I'm like, that one, I don't remember. I'm going to have to listen back to that. <laughs> oh, wow. To really, but uh, I think we had like the, it was like the the gathering of the juggalos. You know, yeah. we would have the gathering of the Dutch, the Dutch Hollyos or something. But I don't remember the orgy part. Maybe he added that. Maybe he added it. Maybe he he started. Yeah. You know what? This you know what this party could use a little orgy. A little orgy in in coats. <laughs> Throw some orgy in. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you're not going to get us there in coats without that hundred dollars of cold hard cash. But we will take Australian dollars too for that hundred dollars. It's worth it's worth enough, isn't it? I don't care. It's worth enough to me. It is. Yeah. Plus all of our expenses, which will be dear. Believe me. I, don't, I think Australia is so warm. I don't think you'll need the coats. I know. Uh, anyways, just uh, paint it on your bodies. Glad I don't. Glad I didn't listen with the wife. She loves it when you talk about the weird stuff that we Dutch do that nobody understands. Do you know? Oh, shit. Do you have anything beef off the top of your head that just that Dutch people do that's weird that other people don't get? You know how? You know how? Um, wow, that, that's a real kicker. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder because if if this this guy's Australian Dutch, right? Like mm-hmm. he's. A, and I wonder if, like, you know how when you're... Uh, when I've never heard ex- of Australian Dutch. You know when people were, like, uh, explain shit to you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a... Yeah, that is a Dutch thing. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do... You do hear that a lot. Yeah. And, uh, like... And uh, then when they say shh, everything's a shish. And they also always seem like they're angrier than they actually are. Yeah. That's kind of like a European culture, though, is it not? Or... I don't know. I think I think we... I think we're more severe. I think Dutch people are more severe. Yeah, I'd say that. Or more serious or something. I don't know what it is. Anyways, uh, I like the, I like I like Emil because he he sends us uh, he teaches us about what life's like in different parts of the world. Eh? Anyways, this he goes uh, here Good for a nice uh, a nice educational bit here. So we were also talking about how they use the word uh, a cunt over there. Yeah, heavy, heavy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said yes. We often call people cunts. A good cunt is an all right <laughs> bloke. A tight arse cunt would explain most Dutchmen. Oh, really? Yeah. You tight know, arse cunt. So, yeah, yeah they talk about cheap. Being tight ass, too. Like, just yeah. being a little bit, like, particular about the way you have things. Yeah. Want things. That's very, Yeah, I'd agree with him on that one. Yeah, tight ass cunt. That's mm-hmm. better than Dutchman. And uh, a proper cunt is like your friend. It's like a mate, he says. So, cunt is just like how we use the word fuck. No, it's no, a, no, it's just a run-on word. It's like, uh, but it's, it's still a, it's still like uh, you don't call your buddy a fuck, you know. No, what I mean is, is how we use the word fuck in context is how they use the word cunt in context. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind it's of multi-purpose. It's just yeah. There's no definitive definition on. Yeah, like shit too. Your buddy can be a good shit, or you can call him a good shit. Yeah. You know? And uh, but but this a, a proper cunt's a friend, and then uh, now. Now you're going to enjoy the next show. Say, oh, now I'm going to enjoy saying cunt all the time. Yeah, I do enjoy saying that this is the part. Like, I feel totally within. I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm saying cunt because he brought up this uh, cunt subject. And then I get to say like this a thousand times. Just cunt, cunt. Well, he's now. Yeah, he's now giving us the green light. Hey, Clunder's uh, watching and Kevin Van Dunge is also watching. All right. On, hey, Kev. Yeah. Hey, Kev. That's nice. Anyways, big unveiling tonight. Uh, big leaf win last night. Uh, now you're going to enjoy the next show, St. Cunt, all the time. Why the fuck would we want those New Zealand 
New Zealanders. There's a lot of those cunts in here in, in <laughs> Oz already. I'm guessing, I'm, I'm sensing a little hostility. There's a little bit of a, like us, what Canada is to the United States. I'm guessing Australia is to New Zealand. Like there's that little internal competition. Am I right with that or no? Well, they're closest Based. closest neighbor though, so I think that there would be probably a lot of like you pro- like New Zealand people that would go to Australia to because there'd be more opportunity. Like we go to the United States for more mm-hmm. opportunity, mm-hmm. and uh, and he goes on to say, uh, if you watch uh, Once We're Warriors, you ever see that movie? Once We're Warriors? No, I've never seen that. Uh, you'd know not to fuck with the Ma- Maori. What the fuck? Like is the that? tribal New Zealanders, you know, like they're oh, like the like they're the kind of like Samoan or whatever. The native, yeah, yeah. The native New Zealanders, yeah, they're like kick-ass warriors. So they do like the the screaming uh, uh, chant before before a fight kind of thing. You know, you see that on TV, like the Hawaiian people do. Yeah, yeah, they do that thing where they slap their legs and stuff. Yeah, and slap their arms and chest and yeah, it's pretty boss. Scream at yeah, it is. Yeah. And then those guys, like, uh, you know what else I like about those guys? Uh, oh, no, uh, 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 New Zealanders, I should say. When I was in England, yeah, I would meet a whole bunch of Australian people and New Zealand people because they always, like, do these walkabout things. Okay. And you sometimes you would mistake uh, uh, New Zealand, like a Kiwi, f- for an, um, an Australian, and they would get uh, kind of ticked off, like when we would be mistaken for American, you know? Yeah, but we don't get ticked off. Uh, kind of when they say, uh, when they, when you're like out just having a conversation, they, they say, shut your fucking mouth, you yank bastard. Yeah. yeah and they're, true. especially like you go to England and Ireland and they hear your accent. They just assume I'm American. They treat yeah. me like shit. No, that's true. Everyone treats Americans like shit. Yeah. That's the reason why Canadians actually have sympathy for the Americans because we sound like them and look like them a lot of times and we feel bad for them and when we go abroad we get treated like them a lot yeah. when i got beat up by that cop in in anagata uh he thought i was american he, he kept saying you're not in the states anymore boy so you got an you got an extra right hook because he thought you're american wow he never punched me he pushed me to the ground a bunch of times it pissed me but off. It was still, yeah, Every especially I was all bandaged up. I had bandages over my face. It looked ridiculous. Really? Yeah, yeah I was, like, injured. Yeah, anyways, he was... Uh, Uncalled for. Yeah. Anyways, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Hey, uh, feedback. What back, do we got? Back here? to the old feedback. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I do love hearing, though, back to the... Uh, I do love hearing about Ozzy, uh, like Australia. Australian people. Yeah, me too. Because I don't know anything that goes on there. The main reason, I think if uh, if, if Emil can pull off this orgy at his farm, yeah, then uh, then I, I think they're going to be building a group. They're going to be building a culture there in Australia. I think so, too. Next thing you know, we're going to be huge. Yeah. And then we're taking a trip. Let's hear more about you, Emil. We want to go down there. Yeah. So thank you very much, Emil. You know what? I might do something unprecedented here because it's such a special night with this great unveiling that we have right up, right, right now. I think we'll do it right. Might as well. So close now. Um, but because of this, I'm going to name Emil Van Steeg our very first and second ever, but our very first international Diamond Club member. Right on. There Let's, it is. What is that? Let's hear it for Emil. Yeah, right on, Our buddy. very first international Diamond Club member. He is going to be uh, knowing that uh, I have nothing for you right now. Nothing yeah. at all. But we, the idea that you're recognized puts you in great company. And we like your commitment. Yeah. 
And we love having the international uh, person listening. And now, without greater, ado, uh, without further ado, let's see it. I would like to uh, present to you. I'm so excited. <clears throat> if you look down on the corner of your screen, I don't know how to point at this so that you can see it. But right there on the corner of your screen, you're going to see there's a, a, a covered up object. This object, for me, has been, uh, I've been um, toiling away at it for some time. You know, I've tore apart old appliances. <laughs> I have literally, like, I've, I've invested zero dollars of my own money. I haven't gone to the store for anything. This is all shit I found lying around. It's a heavy thrift scenario. This is just scrounged up shit. But what I did was I saw, <clears throat> I saw a problem. I saw a problem with this pandemic and what it did to our program, you know? And one of the things, the heart and soul, you know, one of the th- biggest, a big chunk of this show uh, is Dave Charters. Yeah. Dave the Rooster Charters. And I'll, I'll tell you, Charters, uh, he was our very first guest. He was our very first, um, uh, he, he was a man that writes the music for the show. You could say he was on the board of directors. Yeah, he was the, he was the original. He, he himself was the nocturnal emissions at one point in time. Just one. Yeah. Started with charters. You know? Singular. He, we've uh, ribbed on the guy. We've uh, set him up for and put him in ridiculous scenarios. He's always just rolled with the punches. He's been a great sport. And I miss him dearly on the show. And I just in real life like to visit with him on a regular basis. I don't get to do that. And so what I really noticed that his presence on our program was missed. Yeah. Was missed. And I, I tried things in the past to replace him. I uh, had the Charters blow-up doll. I don't yeah. know if you remember the Charters blow-up doll. I do remember doll. that. It, it was the ugliest woman I've ever seen. Yeah. And then uh, we also, I think you can see back there, I don't know if it's in the shot, but there's a Charters puppet that is uh, peering out behind the the, uh, the curtain there. But the problem with him is is that he needs to have a certain certain type of man's hand up his ass or he doesn't yeah. say shit it's, back there. Right. It's kind of a it's a duo scenario. Yeah, he's a bit quiet. So I had multiple problems. I was like, I don't have any of these replacements. Something's missing. It just isn't doing uh, uh, what it's supposed to be doing. So I'm going to actually have to um, get off the microphone right now. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping, Beaver, if like <clears throat> if you could, yep. could you provide some sort of a drum roll type of a thing? Can you bang on anything yep. or do something like that? And I'll uh, I'll see if I can get this thing unveiled. I don't know if I should. No. What you can get it on the. Uh... Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll work here. All right. Let me get the ashtray out of the way. All right. Drum roll. And there it is. Holy shit! Chudder's robot, everybody. Chudder's robot. That is that is something else. He's even got a hat. Charter's Robot, thank you very much. Uh, Charter's Robot, uh, was it hard for you to uh, sit under that uh, that blanket this whole time and stay so quiet? No. No. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. You look, uh, you like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say to him, you know? I'm kind of flabbergasted. I, I'm just I'm, so happy to I'm have him. I'm lost for words. Is that his real hair? His real hair, yeah. You know, um, that's actually, if you uh, can believe it. Oh, shit. 
Because you did have a Dave Charters mustache at one point. Oh, man. How do I get out of this? Oh, there we go. Yeah, no, this was not his real hair, but I do have his mustache in a jar. But this, believe it or not, I think I was at a party supply store. And um, he was, uh, and I saw this mask. It was years ago, like years and years ago. I saw his mask and it had a mustache and glasses and everything attached to it. And uh, I said, if I ever, like, it looks like a Chargers mask. It I does. Said. And then so I put it into a a box somewhere and I forgot about it. And then when I was searching for parts, I found it. And I was, like, trying to make his whole face. And then it ended up that this did it, most of it for me. That is wicked. Yeah. Let me just see if he can say anything else. Do you have, uh, Dave, uh, let me just see if we could see if this works. Uh, Dave, uh, do you, uh, oh, shit, got too many buttons here. How do I do it? Uh, what can we ask him? What do you want to say? Charters, do you, uh, uh, you've been busy during the pandemic? No. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Good old rooster laugh. Have you, what have you been thinking about mostly? Like, uh, as, as, since you've been brought to life, do you feel, uh, you know, what kind of, do you feel like Dave? Like, what kind of thoughts have been running through your head? Or what kind of things do you mostly uh, think about? I wonder what Hitler would think of Oprah running for president. <laughs> That's oh, what shit. you think about? <laughs> it's weird stuff, you know? I don't know, man. You're a bit of a weird uh, duck, I think. Yeah, why, what's your problem, man? Yeah, why, what's your problem, man? <laughs> oh, shit. He's, uh, he's not bad, eh? <laughs> he's got lots to say. I like it. <laughs> he's a good laugher, too, eh? That's what I like about him. He even sounds like Charters, too. Yeah, he's great. It's a new generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it works perfect. It does. Do you want to know, this is, uh... It's my favorite invention that I've ever had, uh, uh, that I've ever done. Um, <laughs> Clunder's a big fan already. Jeff Clunder thought it was the actual rooster sitting there. It's, uh, it's, but basically, I think this is even better than the real charters. I think so, too. I think it's really better. And he's actually working quite good. Uh, I think this is a, great, a better charter than, than we've ever had in the hall. Evolution, what? baby. Evolution, what? baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little, and I like how he's a repeater. You know what? The nice touch of it is, is I try to give it real charters qualities, too. I So I, I put a scent on it. I put a scent on it. I tried making it smell like. like you gave him a, a, a musk? Yeah. Basically, what I did was I put a whole bunch of soup in an old hockey bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put all his clothes in that soup with a hockey he's bag. got a nice, raunchy aroma. Get a, get a better smell. <laughs> what? Get a, get a better smell. <laughs> Is that, I don't want to get a smell of you. It's You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> oh, you know how I got his mouth moving? How? It's a, this is, it's a, I took apart an old breast pump. No way. I was wondering. I'm like, you found this stuff in your house? Yeah. At first, I took apart some old DVD players, and I, I put, like, I was going to use the DC motors in them that open and close it or whatever. Right on. To, but I was having a hard time with them. So then I decided, I, I took apart this old uh, uh, breast pump. Like, tw it's 20 years old, you know? Like, yeah. So 
so Charters, the new Charters technically has a breast pump in his mouth. Yeah, he has a, he's actually, um, his, his heart is a breast pump. His actually. heart is the good old teat pump. Yeah, which I think like. <laughs> he, he thought that was funny. I'd like to just get a, he's kind of eerie in a way, eh? He, well, he's got a serious look on him. But he's got a jaw. Uh, yeah, why, what's your problem, man? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, he's great. He's going to be a great addition to the show. And I think there's going to be a, um, what's nice about him is this is kind of the prototype model because this is pretty rough. Like, this is a rough draft, you know? Yeah, but we can, tw- you can always tweak a rough draft. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I, th- I do think I'm going to make some touches to him. And the second, uh, I am going to create more movement with him. Yeah. Because I the those motors that I, I figured out, like I did all that. Uh, you know, it would be awesome if you can get him to, like, give people the finger. Yeah. That like, would be cool. Like, right now he's got no hands, and right now he can't move, you know? Um, but, uh, like, he can't move his head or his body. Yeah. But I have him set up that. If I can take his body apart again, yeah. I can, and I don't have him mounted to that thing. I can, I have it set up so that his neck and head can move, and I have it, and I think I have something worked out for, um, being able to turn like. To I was gonna say, if you put him on like a bar stool, and he could rotate, <laughs> that would be insane. All of a sudden, you're talking, and he just turns to you. The nice part about this beef that makes me so excited, it's like I saw, I told you I had an idea, and you said you saw a spark in my eye. That yeah. You, that you, uh, that and and this idea when I had it, I had it on the weekend. I was just sitting here and and uh, and I was like, "Charge robot!" And then I started doing searches on like, how do you make a face like a moving face or yeah. whatever? Because I've been making puppets during the pandemic for uh, Tyler Morrison and. Okay. And John Moses, like, they were doing these jokes and putting them out, and I made puppets for them. Yeah. I made three different puppets for them. And so I had a bunch of puppet heads. And this, so it was just a neck, take it to the next step and make it move and stuff. And then I, so I started watching this first video, and it was like, this guy, he's like, he does it for Hollywood or some, right. something, you know, and he's going to teach you how to make a graphite head molded of, you know, like, it's going to be like the terminator or something right yeah and the second video was like this indian kid who's just like in india but he's like uh he's dirt poor and he just has cardboard and a hot glue gun and like <laughs> some old screws and he made it work with those, these dc motors that he pulled out of other things oh right? yeah those 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 kids will be doing they'll do anything with a fucking glue gun and a battery yeah it's great so oh, yeah. i'm like if, if if they can do it then i can do it so then i then i was like i'm really gonna do this and then uh then i start making promises because that makes me really have to do it. Because I so I t- right. telling people I got so you, this thing. You did the lead into it. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, uh, then the, the beautiful bastard came together. And I'm so happy it with it. Came him. together quite nicely. I like it. Yeah, I really like the fact that uh, we're gonna make it. Like it's it's gonna be something that you know we look at this one. We'll be looking back at this show one time, and we're gonna be like just amazed at how many crazy like joint uh, inspired. Uh, uh, like imagination sessions in the Dutch Hall have resulted in this guy actually coming yeah. to more and more to life. The culminating of uh, Charters 2.0. <laughs> yeah, he's excited about it too. Eh? He knows yeah. it's just the beginning, eh, buddy? Charters 2.0. Why are you so contrary all the time? You know, 
Yeah, why, what's your problem, man? Yeah, you're talking to yourself? Get a, get a better smell. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that one doesn't work. It's a new generation. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great. Oh, I was gonna. I was just looking at his mustache, and I was thinking about this story today. I was telling you about earlier in uh, sports. Yeah. And uh, this guy got uh, traded from one hockey team to the next. He's been in the NHL for like, I'd say a dozen years. I'd say at least. Guy had like full bore, mean looking, you know, beard going on. Somebody you wouldn't want to fuck with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You show me a picture of this guy. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to fuck with your Chargers 2.0 based on his. Stature in mustache and could he wear that mustache if he played for the Islanders? Hell no. Yeah, they wouldn't let him a mustache. You no, I, I'm surprised he wasn't even allowed to have them eyebrows. They're too aggressive. Oh yeah, those eyebrows are crazy. Those, they are aggressive. Hey, did you uh, did you always have those eyebrows? Uh, did you did you always have those uh, eyebrows? Charged? Those sweeping eyebrows. No. Oh, when did you grow those during the pandemic? No. Is everything going to be now? No. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes fucking with us. Yeah, I don't think this guy. This guy seems like he's got a mind of his own. He's yeah. a bit of a fuck, a bit of a fuck stick there. So yeah, back to my story. This guy looked like a, somebody you would walk up to in public, and uh, I was gonna say I thought he went on. Uh, I thought he went. On he was just, he was just chewing gum. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he got lock. He's got lockjaw now. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this guy. Uh, the story I was telling you about. This guy would be somebody I'd walk up to in public and be like, "Yeah, I really don't want to fuck with this guy." And then they, then uh, his new general manager made him shave his beard on a new team that he got traded to. Yeah. So imagine going through quarantine. You got a nice beard. Last day of quarantine. Yeah. Here's a razor. You can't come out until you take the beard off. Yeah, and you don't look like a man anymore. Yeah, that guy looks like a fucking like. I, it's hard to say this because I'm not a. I'm not what you'd call a strong person either, but he looked like a pussy. Yeah. Well, number one, I wanted to say any job where they're saying they think they're gonna, it's gonna make a fucking difference, especially sports. If you got a guy with with or without a beard, he's gonna you're gonna make a better hockey team. Right. It's just bullshit. It's some sort of a power grab this cock has to say I'm gonna force all these millionaires to like have to look the way I want them to look. Like fuck right. you, man. Exactly. Like okay, my father-in-law, for instance. Uh, when he was uh, when he was a crane operator, this one uh, job he went to it required him to shave his beard, and because uh, he now that was for safety reasons because he had to be able to wear a chemical mask. It was at a plant. Oh yeah, and let me tell you, I it was he was unrecognizable. Yeah, because he has, uh, you know Joe Patello. Yeah. He's got a, um, what's so funny about that? I know, we all, we all make fun of Joe. Not, that wasn't supposed to be funny, but anyways, the, Joe, uh, he always has a huge beard, eh? And then, because sometimes he has to wear a mask, so he's got to shave the beard. Yeah. And he looks ridiculous. He looks, he loses all his power like Samson. Like, he, he ends up looking terrible. Well, I'm, my father-in-law doesn't look terrible with his, without his beard, but... It's it's just like he is one with the beard, like it. I know, but some people they are supposed to have a beard, like right. That's how they're supposed to be, you know. And if they don't have it, they don't look right. 
and that's for someone to say it, it's it has any bearing on the job you do that's horseshit exactly you know it's just crazy it's just just them it doesn't the beer doesn't change your personality it doesn't change who you are it it changes your appearance and the story it's just this guy trying to have control over his right people. it's it's a power trip thing right yeah cox you know i was thinking about um we were talking about uh, it's, oh, I never finished. I'll finish the show because uh, tonight with this, I never finished saying. Remember how I said you had little man energy? Yeah, but I had a theory about you. Yeah, and uh, and why you don't have that little man energy? I mean, like why you don't uh, have that? Like, oh yeah, I'd like to hear this. So you have uh, so I have a theory, right? Like because uh, you have a lot of confidence, but you don't have that like. Uh, you know, where you're, like, trying to pick fights with people and you're trying right. to, like, you know, like one of those guys. But you're good. Little, little man syndrome. Little man syndrome. That's what I was trying to say the whole time. But the, the you know, some, those guys are, like, jerks and stuff, you know, and you don't have any of that. But uh, you're good still at stuff. So I think if you wanted to be, like, a, a prick like that, if you wanted to be a fighter or whatever, you probably could. Right. You know? So then I'm thinking, well, then there's something else, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other day, we were having a conversation. You tipped me off, and I figured it out. Okay. So we're having a conversation. You say to me, I got really big hands. And then you show me your hands, and they're fucking huge. Yeah, I got big hands. They're giant. They're like they're really big. Like They're bigger than mine, and I'm taller than you by quite a bit. And then, quite a bit, like probably like half a foot. But your hands are bigger than mine. Yeah. yeah. So it's clear to me. What, what about your feet? What do you, I, size, I, your feet? size 11. You do have size eleven. Like that's the thing. You go. You break your spine when you're a kid or something. I don't know, but you're like, supposed to be the, big. The feet thing kind of bothers me sometimes because it's like you get, I get clown feet almost because it, it doesn't fit my stature. Yeah, and your hands too. Like you got I, big paws. Like you're still growing into them. Right. But yeah, but you can hide your hands kind of. You can't hide your feet. And you know what else? You, you, this is comes to my point here. The reason that you don't have that uh, small man syndrome, and the reason that you don't act like a dick. Even though you could, I got big characteristics. You got a big dick, buddy. Uh, you got a big cock energy, man. Well, That's what it really is. I, I I hope to portray that. That's what it comes across as. I think it's pretty. I I've never seen your dick, uh, and I'm not even asking to see it. But if I had to bet money against somebody, if someone comes in here and they say like, I bet you, like, uh, I bet you Beaver's got a big dick. I'm not betting against that guy. Oh, right on, buddy. I'm saying I think you're probably right, big dick. Plus, your wife's pretty hot, like probably hotter than you should get. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Right? And then uh, also points to larger than average dick. And uh, no, that's it. Those are all, that's my evidence. I, I don't think I need any more than that. No, you don't, actually. You don't. You, you hit the nail on the head there. So anyways. No, no pun intended. I am sorry, ladies, but uh, Beaver is taken. Uh, and there's not uh, not much you can do about it now. No. But uh, 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 just so you know. Our next life. This cock is legendary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, everyone. I always say that's why I got the nickname, Beaver. Is that because you because you get a lot of beaver? Well, I, got, I got to see or a you, lot when you, I was younger. You're busy like a beaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell, Charles? Charles is going rambling. Charles, what are you going to... What are you gonna think about uh, anything much when uh, when you go home? When you, if in the week are you gonna prepare anything? Or are you just gonna sit there and think about stuff? What are you gonna think about? I wonder what Hitler would think of Oprah running for president. You still on that? Yeah. Why are you still talking about that stuff? 
Hitler would. Hitler would. Hitler would. <laughs> You're almost there, buddy. He, he's just stuttering and talking about Hitler. I think you have to think about something different. Okay, okay, Dave. No. Yeah, come out, come at us with something else next week. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to do something better than that. All right. We do appreciate you. You came out with a bang, so we like it. Get a, get a better smell. <laughs> it's a new generation. <laughs> all right, everybody. That has been our show. If you liked it, please tell a friend. You can give us uh, feedback. <laughs> At live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com or you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. We're Dutch Hall or the Dutch Hall with Pete Van Dyke. You'll find us there. Just put in Dutch Hall podcast. And uh, until next week, we will see you NT. See you next Thursday. Clunder, you're exactly right. You wear the beard to intimidate, not to, you don't exactly make yourself look like a pussy. Oh, yeah, we wanted to say that, you're right. That's good, we can do, we can actually talk to the listeners, but we're doing it during the theme song. They can still hear us. Thanks a lot, Clunder. Good to see ya. And, and Kevin. <laughs> uh, well, and like the whole playoff beer, remember that too? Yeah, they don't let their team have playoff beards? Yeah, no. Stupid, man. stupid man. Really, you they're in the that, they suck like. Just so imagine long, a guy like Nazem Kadri when Lou Amarillo was GM for Toronto. That guy would have had to shave like three times a day. 